are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Start from that point, Ephesians chapter 4. I will read it first because anytime I try to read it and I read the previous verses, I don't arrive at the verse at the end of the day. So let's start from Ephesians 4, verse 12. Amen. Glory to God. I believe it was on Thursday we were trying to get there and we never got there. All right, all right let's read together. I want to go for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know, sometimes when we say we should read scripture, some of you do like you, you cannot read. Amen. You know, you're not reading. Amen. So let's take it again. Okay? Since others have read it before, now you can read it. Amen. Okay. One to go. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, um, when a sentence starts with four, it means that something had been said before. Hallelujah. So, what was he talking about? What is it he's saying is for the perfecting of the saints? So, read verse 11. Alright, so we see that. In verse 11 he says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers. Then verse 12 says, for the work, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But I'm still not comfortable because verse 11 started with and. Amen. So we need to find what was joined to the and. So let's look at verse 10. In verse 10, it says, he that descended... Is the same also that ascended up above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Then he says, and he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But we don't know who the he is. So let's go up and read verse 9. Amen. So it says, now he that ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts. We're still looking for the he. So we'll go back to verse 8. Amen. Follow me, just follow me. Amen. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So we go back to where we started on Thursday, verse 7. Amen. All right. Uh, This is where I actually wanted to start from. Amen. (laughs) Let's read this together. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, if you, if you, if you read the scripture in context, it started from verse 1. You know, the first thing he tried to establish here was explaining how we all have one faith, we have one Lord, we are deep in, immersed into the same person, um, body of Christ and so on and so forth. Then in verse 7, it says, but unto every one of us. Every one of us in the body, every one of us in Christ, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So, it means that at this point now, what he wants to talk about is the gift of Christ. The measure of the gift of Christ that we've received. So, he said, to some, God gave apostles and prophets, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. He was not saying everybody is an apostle, everybody is a a, a prophet, everybody is an evangelist. No, no. He said everybody has a gift, but some have these giftings in their lives. But he said whatever the gifting is that you have, verse 12, it is for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. Did you get that? Whatever gift it is you have, It is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, in the King James Version, because of the punctuations, you see a comma after saints, you see a comma after ministry. It looks like it's talking about three different things. Like, perfecting of the saints is one, work of the ministry is two, and the edifying of the body of Christ is the third one. No, no, no. It's one thing. Hallelujah. 
Some translations put it this way. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, so that they would do the work of the ministry and build up the body of Christ. That's the rendering. That's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. He said, hey, these giftings in their life is so that they will perfect the saints and the saints will do the work of the ministry, thereby building up the body of Christ. Are you getting the picture? So the aim is the building. Ever say the building. The building of the what? Of the body of Christ. That's it. Remember, Jesus made a statement in Matthew chapter 16. I believe somewhere from the 16th to the 18th verse, there was a conversation going on. That should be verse 18. He said, I will build my church. Hallelujah. Jesus said so. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means that there is a plan to build. Amen. Jesus had a building plan for his church. And when we talk about building, we're not talking about putting blocks. We're not talking about physical building here. He's talking about people's lives, individuals. Now, based on that, if Jesus had a plan to build the church or to build his church, and then Ephesians says that the giftings, hallelujah, are for the building of the church, that means that what Jesus has done for us is to enable us, to give us abilities so that we can join and build the church. Amen. So you have a gift in you that can help build the church. Amen. Look at verse 7 again. Go back to verse 7. And let's read it out loud. One to go. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That means you have something to contribute. You have something you can do to help build the church. You know, someone asks me, sometimes it's good to ask yourself what all of this is about. Are you understanding me? You know, sometimes it's good to ask yourself, you know, what's, what's all of this about? Why are we here? Some people try to make us believe that the ultimate aim of God is for us to go to heaven. That's not absolutely correct. Because if that was the ultimate aim, the moment you receive Jesus Christ, you'll be raptured. Amen. But you receive Jesus Christ, you're still left on earth. Why? Because there's a purpose. Amen. Are we together? There's a purpose. And God's greatest agenda today is building the church. Amen. Building the church. Now, you say, okay, what about the Great Commission? I will show you how they are connected. The church cannot be built if people have not been reached. Amen. Am I communicating? So when Jesus gave the Great Commission, if you watch the Great Commission, it's not just go and preach. I know there's Mark's um, 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 account of it, but it, I believe Matthew's account covers the totality of what he was trying to express. And I love the Revised Standard Version of Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It was saying, go and make disciples, hallelujah, of all nations. For you to make disciples, you have to evangelize. Hallelujah. If someone has not been reached with the gospel, he cannot be raised. Say it. If someone has not been reached, he cannot be raised. Are we together? So, before we start talking about discipling people, we have which, what has to come in to be raised or to be built is the unbeliever that has to be brought into the body first. Before he's built up. Anytime someone gets saved, there's an addition to the body. Amen. That means the church has grown, so to speak, in, in a sense. There's an increase. So when the scripture says that the purpose of our gifting is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building or the edifying of the body of Christ, before I get into the Greek and uh, all of that and all of that, I want to ask you a question. Where are you now in your walk with God? Hallelujah. Let me ask somebody, where are you? Where are you now? You know, a man is lost when he doesn't know where he is. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding? Where am I going? Where am I? He said, I don't know where I am. Then you can't even know where to go. 
I've, I've been lost before. Are you understanding me? You know, I don't. I have to know where I am. I with a map, and then I say, wait, wait, where am I now? Amen. Where am I? So that I can navigate and know where I'm going to. Because I don't know if I should go this way or that way. So it's important for us to know where we are with our work, in our work with God. Hallelujah. Paul said, examine yourselves. Where are you? Some behave like after they receive Jesus Christ, that's all. No, receiving Jesus Christ is the beginning. That's where it starts. That's not the end. That's where it starts. Now, he said, for the perfecting. So let's start with that. The perfecting of the saints. The perfecting of the saints. What is he talking about? Some translators say of the saints. The furnishing of the saints. That means that even after they've been brought in and they become saints, they still need something to be done. Hallelujah. They need to be raised. They need to be built up. If you've heard me talk, you might have heard me say this. Spiritual growth is not automatic. There are conditions that help you grow. It doesn't just happen that because you receive Jesus Christ, uh, no matter what happens, you won't grow. No, if that was the case, Peter would not have spoken to them in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. He said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk that you may grow. That means if that milk is not there, you will not grow. Hallelujah. Growth is not an option. Help me tell your neighbor, it's not an option. Growth is not an option. Spiritual growth is not an option. It's not an How do you know someone has grown? Amen. Are we together? We see our kids all the time, you know, and then you say, wow. It's not just that they're growing taller. No, 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 no. There are certain things that they start doing. Then you say, oh, they've grown. There are some things you have to say all the time to them, but now they're doing it on their own. Are you understanding me? They are taking responsibility. Are you, are you with me? Go back to Ephesians 4.12. It said, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That means that if saints have been equipped, they will do the work of the ministry. If they've been built up, they will do the work of the ministry. Some people think the work of the ministry is for the apostle, is for the prophet, is for the evangelist, pastor or teacher. No. The work of the ministry is for the believer. Amen. The job of the apostle is to train the believer to do the work of the ministry. Amen. That's what the scripture is saying. So, when a believer is mature, he begins to take up responsibilities. Let me start from the place of sonship. How many of you agree that you are sons of God? Amen. Good. But you know the kind of son you are? You are a serving son. Amen. Are we together? You are a serving son. That means that you are a son with responsibility. The father can depend on you for certain things to be done. So, oh, I'm born again. Okay, what next? Some people don't understand that when they say they are receiving rema, they are receiving rema from church. They're only thinking about, oh, my problem, my problem. No, no, no. God's plan for you is bigger than solving your problems. Did you hear me? God's plan for you is bigger than solving your problems. God's plan is for you to grow. Now, if we read further, watch. Follow me now. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of means, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. He now tells us, till... That means that this spiritual growth is a process that takes time. Amen. He said, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto what? A, now, the words used there is perfect. That perfect is different from the perfecting in verse 12. Amen. This perfect is that you've come to a complete, that, um, the complete Jewish Bible says, you've come to full manhood. Amen. You've come to full manhood. You've come to adulthood. Then he says, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, he says, there's a standard that Christ has set. Amen. You've come to that place. 
the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Just give me next verse 14. Good. Read it with me. Want to go? That we henceforth be no more children. Amen. Are we together? That means that if we are being built up, we are no more children. And if we're, if we're doing the work of the ministry, we're no more children. Carried about by with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now, in Christ Jesus, you are not spiritually mature based on the number of years you have been saved. Hello? No. You can be saved for 25 years and still be a spiritual infant. If you don't apply yourself to what makes the believer grow. Paul had his description of stages of spiritual growth. John the Apostle had his own description. They were similar. But they used different Greek words. If you read First John chapter 2, you see it starts by saying, my little children, verse 1. If you get to verse 12, you use the word again, my little children. Now, you find that he talked about four categories of growth or stages of growth in the book of 1 John chapter 2. He talked about what he called the little children. Amen. In as much as it seemed like he used little children twice, but it was not the same Greek word. Then he talked about young men. Then he talked about adults. Hallelujah. Okay. The first set of little children he talked about, the Greek word used there was technion. What he meant was that they are darling infants. Infants are close to you. Technon is not just any child. It's the child that is connected to you. Alright? So he said, my little children. Glory to God. Put up verse 12 for me. Let me just read that one. Verse 12, 1 John 2, 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. At this stage, what you are teaching them is forgiveness of sins. Because that's what they need to know. Because they always feel like they've done something wrong. Hallelujah. At that stage, he was talking about little children. Infants. That still need to be carried. Amen. Then the next time he talks in verse 13. Go to verse 13. He now says, I write unto you fathers. Because you have known him. That is, I'll come to the fathers from the beginning. I write unto you young men. Because you have overcome the wicked one. Then he says, I write unto you little children. He's not talking about the first little children. Now he's using padion. These little children are young adults. They can walk. They can talk. They can move around. Amen. They are different from the ones that they have to carry. Are you with me? But he, he also talked about young men. Young men that talk about young adults. They found their place in God. Hallelujah. They've known who they are in Christ Jesus. Then he also used the term fathers. Pateros. What he was talking about are those that have become elders in the faith. No, listen. Eldership in the kingdom is not by pot belly and gray hair. No, 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 no. Eldership in the kingdom is by the strength of your spirits. Because the responsibility you can carry is based on the strength of your spirit. Why can't people not do cell meeting? Because they don't have strength in their spirit to carry the cell. I don't have time means I don't have strength. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what it means. The capacity to carry. Why? You can't carry others in your faith. You're, only your problem. Only your problem. Ah, I have problem. I have problem. I have problem. Spiritual growth means that you can help other people. Amen. Are we together? A little child cannot carry another little child. But an adult can carry one child this way, carry another child this way, and carry one on his back. Are you understanding me? That's what shows he's an adult. Am I communicating? That's how it is also spiritually. If you tell a two-year-old to carry a one-year-old, you are cause, ah, how? Even the two-year-old needs someone to carry him. So, this was how John categorized the, the different stages of spiritual growth. But I prefer Paul's categorization because of the words he used. And I'm going to focus on Paul's own. Amen. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1, Paul was speaking and he talked about, he was talking about spiritual growth. And he was writing to the church. Remember that the Corinthian church was an example of a church of babies. Amen. Are we together? A church of babies. He said, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. 
There are three, three, three categories here. Spiritual. Then he said, but as unto what? Canal. Then he said, even as unto what? Babes in Christ. So he talked about the spiritual, the canal, and the babes in Christ. The Greek word he used here is different from what, what John was using. Hallelujah. Are we together? Here, what he meant by babes are spiritual minors. Nepios. They are minors. They've not reached the age spiritually. You know how in some places they say this is not reached the drinking age. Yes, and you've not reached the driving age. It's a minor. So he's talking about minors. He said you are still minors in the spirits. So I couldn't talk to you as, as, as spiritual adults. Now I want to ask you, where do you think you are? Hallelujah. Amen. You might have 13 Bibles. But how we judge your weight and your spiritual... Listen, let me explain something to you. It's not everybody that is walking in church that is mature. No. But you would have to walk to be mature. Amen. Did you hear me? Let me put it better. It's not everybody that is serving in church. A baby Christian should serve. And baby Christians are serving. But there is no spiritual growth that can happen without service. If someone gets born again and sits on the benches and just hears God's word and hears God's word, that's not growth. It's swelling. I call it swelling. You know, somebody can have a fat hand. You say, ah, oh, yes, added weight. You know, the hand is swollen. Amen. <laughs> it's not that he added weight. The hand is swollen. Amen. So, he said here, he said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That means there's a way we talk. There's a way the spirit... That means you can judge a man by how he talks. You can judge his spiritual growth or level by how he talks. Let me just show you another scripture before I, I, I break that down. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he said, When I was a child, what did he say? I spake as a child. Did you see that? That means there's a way. If you hear a child's voice over the phone, won't you know? Maybe you wanted to call chief so-so-and-so. And you called. Then his child of four or three picks up the phone. And say, yes, this is chief. We say, who is that? You can tell that it's the voice of a child. Amen. Now, not, even when he's saying adults, even if he's saying, is it about the contract? He's talking adult things. Are you understanding me? He's even saying, you know, but you are, the voice is giving him away. So, I'm talking about the voice and then what the child says. Amen. So, you can hear the voice most of the time. And you can hear and know where somebody stands spiritually. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can hear the voice. You can even hear what they say. Somebody says, like, well, well, you know, in, in the, when I'm in church, I use my brain. I use my brain. You are saying he's a child in the spirit. And those people that are using their brain, is, when they go out there, somebody will now use their brain. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That brain that they, they are using here, they, they don't use it in that place. Amen. Why is he talking like that? He's talking like a child. You know, sometimes someone made a statement one time, and I, I, I was correcting the person. He was serving in a church. And then he said, um, he, 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 he's giving, how he put it was that, you know, he believes that God led him to that place, you know. And um, he, he was going to serve him. But he's being careful. So I said, why? Why are you being careful? He said, I don't want someone to use me. And I laughed. So let me even address that. Nobody can use you. You see, let me explain something to you. If you are thinking you can be used, you are a baby. Imagine, let's use David for example. Would you say Saul was using him? No. He was fulfilling destiny. Amen. He was fulfilling destiny. Whether he was singing for Paul or, uh, I say Paul, Saul. He was singing for King Saul, alright? Or not. He was fulfilling destiny. If he never went there to sing, he would never have understood what it means to be a king. Are you understanding me? So he was fulfilling destiny. 
at the end of the day, why is he talking like that? Why is someone talking like that? He's still a baby. He has not understood spiritual things. So you can be located by your words. Hallelujah. By your words. How you talk. Oh, in our cell. I mean, I don't take nonsense. I give it to my leader. You are a baby. Glory to God. You are a spiritual baby. Are you listening to me? How, you, 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 you see, listen. I remember I shared this in church some time back. About a pastor that had a congregation. You know. And um, they, they had, it was in a posh area somewhere. So, he had a lot of prominent people in the congregation. You understand that? So, he was happy about the kind of people that were in church. So, when the church closed, as church closed, people were greeting him and going back and going to enter their cars. As he was looking at them, smiling, his spiritual eyes opened. His spiritual eyes opened. And he, saw, he said, people were wearing, um, what do you call this now? Uh, in Nigeria, we call it Agbada. You understand that? They are wearing all those things, dress well, some wear suits. They are walking back to their car. You know, ah, you see some people walking to church. <laughs> you know, big man, big man. I just a big man. I just telling me, them, madam, 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 madam. You understand? They are coming. They are coming to church. You understand? And <laughs> he saw them going back to their cars. As his spiritual eyes opened, he saw the madams and the big men. They were all wearing pampas. Okay, Pampa is a brand. So they wearing diapers. You understand that? They wearing diapers. And going back, going to the car. He was looking. Who are these? God said, these are the people. They are all babies. What God was bringing his attention to was the need to grow. Amen. Are we together? Help me tell your neighbor, you need to grow. Amen. You need to grow. You need to grow. Hallelujah. So, spiritual maturity is not by how long you have been in church. No. It's by how you have walked with God. Amen. Are we together? You might have even held several positions. But you've not really applied yourself. Listen, there is no spiritual maturity that will not manifest in your character. If character has not been affected, you have not grown. You are born again, but you have not grown. Oh, before you got born again, if someone, tells you, uh, someone offends you, do you react in a certain way? You have been saved ten years after you are still reacting the same way you were reacting before you got born again. You have not grown. Are we together? We read the scripture when we were praying this morning. It was in Galatians 4.19. It said, My little children of whom I travel in bed again, until Christ. That means that, that they got born again doesn't mean Christ is formed in there. He said, I will keep praying for you until Christ be formed in you. Listen to me. Yield yourself for Christ to be formed in you. Yield yourself for character to manifest. The character of Christ to manifest in your life. Are we together? Now, you might have heard me say this, and I need to emphasize it. When a man gets born again, the first encounter experience that happens is that his nature is changed. He receives what? A new nature. But he has to be taught the culture of Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? Alright? He has to be taught the culture of Christ. Now, there's a way of life for anyone that, before you got born again, there are some of you here, before you got born again, uh, on Sundays, you go and play football. Or you wash. But now you're born again. God has to start changing your habits and changing your lifestyle. And your, one of the ways you will know that your character is changing is that even your schedule will change. Before you got born again, you know, before you got born again, you, Saturday is your movie night. You watch movies till 3 a.m. Then you sleep and wake up and then on Sunday you go and visit your friends or you watch or you play ball. But now that you've received Christ, God has to change that calendar. Amen. That's your to-do list has to change. Now you cannot, you cannot still watch movies by three because you have to be in church. Hallelujah. You have to fellowship with believers. You now have to schedule your, your faith in your daily practice. Are you listening to me? That's proof of growth.
You normally use, um, say, well, um, I, I go to see my grandmother every Thursday. And it's a good thing that you go to see your grandmother. And then she tells you stories of what happened in 1925. You understand that? You understand that? And you listen and sit down. You say, I'm getting ancient wisdom. You understand that? Another, another. You're, and you've been getting ancient wisdom. Now you found Christ and you're born again. Then they now say, oh, um, uh, um, church meets on Wednesdays or church service on Thursday evening. You say, oh, that's when I see my grandma. Your schedule has to change. Because your, one proof of growth is that you start making spiritual things your priority. Amen. Are you listening to me? One of the proofs of spiritual growth is that spiritual things start becoming your priority. You used to go to the village every Christmas and go and dance and dance and dance and dance. You understand that? You must go to the village every Christmas. That was before you found Christ. Now you're born again. No, nobody's stopping you. You will still go to the village. But you ask yourself, now what are my priorities? Your priorities start changing. Amen. That's proof of growth. You have this group of friends you always hang around with. And, you know, you, it's a social outing. You're always going out socially with them. But now you are born again. Hallelujah. You know what happens? You will allow God to start affecting your schedule. Amen. So if someone looks through your diary, the things that you were written, writing before will be different from what you are writing now. Amen. Where you used to go to, it's now being affected. Why? Because your convictions have changed. Your perspective of life has changed. That's maturity. Maturity means that your perspective, how you see things have changed. What you believe has changed. And so your character also changes. Amen. Are we together? Because your convictions have changed, your perspective has changed, your character will also change. That's spiritual growth. And let me say this to you. What is the thing about a child? Every child is selfish. Are you listening to me? Now, this is how a child is wired. He wakes up in the morning. If he needs something, ah, 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 they give it to him. He keeps quiet. He doesn't like something. Ah, ah, no explanation. Are you understanding me? No explanation. He, 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 he wants to get your attention. Even if he just wants you to touch him, he will cry. He cannot say, just touch me. He will cry. The only language he knows is crying. So when you see a Christian that always cries. Now I'm not talking about physical crying. No cry, complain, murmur. You understand that? This church, they've not visited me. That's crying. They don't need to visit anybody. There's no love. That's crying. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Eh, nobody. You understand that? That's the same thing. A child is so, always think about themselves. They think about themselves. You, you, you know, if you read some children books, maybe you're just having children, and you read about different ages and behavior, behavioral pattern of children at different ages. I, I got to read some of them, you know, um, just when my wife was pregnant. And then there's, there's an age they call Terrible Two, between the age of two and three, where children start to exercise their dominance. You say, don't, don't, don't touch this. Do not touch it. Are you understanding me? You know what I'm talking about. Alright. So it's, 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 it's normal. But the job of the parents is to straighten out the child. Amen. Don't say, oh, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> Let me tell you something. America should not teach you how to raise your children because they've not been able to raise their children. United Kingdom should not teach you to raise their children. Your children, because they've not been able to raise their children. Let the word of God teach you to raise your children. Did you hear me? Don't follow. Say, well, we don't do no spanking. God spanks. Amen. Almighty, loving God spanks. Amen. So if you are a father, be a father like God. You spank. That's why there is rod and staff. With thy rod and staff, we comfort thee. Pam, come closer. Yeah. How are you? You are fine. You are a good child. You are a good child. Go and read the book of Hebrews. It will tell you, he said, that unless you are a bastard. That's what the scripture said in Hebrews. He said, the one that is not chastened, is not trained, is not disciplined, unless he's a bastard. But if you are your father's child, he wants the best for you, he's setting you out. There are some slaps that will reformat you. Pow! 
You understand better. <laughs> Praise God. But now, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. So the dominant thing about children is that they're selfish. Alright? They're selfish. Eh, they want this, they want... Sometimes they even want... They're not reasonable about what they want. For example, you give the child sweets. He finishes it. Another one. You give a second one. He finishes it. Another one. Then... He has had three. And you're like, no, no, your tummy. What does he care about his tummy? Give me sweets. <laughs> That's how a child reasons. He is unreasonable because he's, self, he's full of himself. Now, one of the ways you know someone that is not spiritually mature is always thinking about himself. Amen. Well, I don't think I can come for the meeting because I am the kind of person that. <laughs> I don't think I can stay for. No, ah. Because I'm the kind, my head is to do something. My is always about them. Amen. They're not thinking anything beyond them. That's selfishness. Now, what does the love of God do in your hearts? The love of God flushes out selfishness. The more you yield to God's love, they becomes, the more selfless you become. Are we together? Now, do you know why some people cannot worship God wholeheartedly in church? It's, it's the same selfishness. The selfishness is, that's, I will use another word, self-consciousness. You are lifting and you say, let me not look stupid. So we're singing a song. Okay, we're singing a song. Wonderful and marvelous is Jesus Christ. This song is you, it's bubbling in your spirit. But you're looking at people and you're dancing like this. Like Oxfam. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why? You are conscious of people. You are, you are too mindful of your reputation. Are you understanding me? Now, but when someone is, has allowed the Spirit of God to take control of his heart, he's no more concerned. He can lie on the floor, kneel down and lift his hand up and worship God with reckless abandon. He doesn't care. Look at the life of David in the Old Testament. David was, he was a king. But he understood spiritual things. And he was dancing, dancing, and took off his clothes. I was dancing. His wife saw him from the window. I said, hey, this man, has, you know, how do we say it in Nigeria, in pidgin English? Um, he has fought, um, you know. <laughs> and she thought, and God was angry with her for despising the man that was dancing. Amen. Now, so when you're self-conscious, one of the things, why can some believers never preach the gospel? Is that self-consciousness? Hmm. I don't want to look stupid. You look stupid other times. Why not for God? Amen. What's the problem of looking stupid? You look stupid other times. Sometimes in trying not to look stupid, you now look more stupid. You understand me? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong in being stupid for God. Amen. So, the reason why some people can't, they can't share the gospel with their friends. They can't share the gospel with anybody. Because they are ashamed. Spiritual maturity is that you break out of that shame. Amen. Are we together? You break out of that shame. And then, you are no more, it's no more about you. It's now about Christ. Amen. It's not about the kingdom. It's not about God. Hallelujah. It's not just what you want anymore. You're thinking about the church. Oh, how am I building the body? How, how is the, this action I'm taking? How is he helping the church? If what I'm doing, 10 other people do it, are we going to go forward? You start thinking that way. You are seeing the big picture. When you're functioning, you're functioning with the big picture in mind. It's not just me anymore. Hallelujah. Some people come to church and then they say, nobody talk to me in church. You can talk to somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, nobody did this. Nobody did that. And then you start allowing those things. It's because you're still growing. Now, there's nothing wrong in being a baby Christian. Because everybody started out as a baby Christian. But there's something wrong in remaining a baby Christian. Did you hear me? In staying that way. Five years, ten years. Your pastor cannot give you a responsibility that says, handle it and go and sleep. If they can't give you a responsibility and go and sleep, hello? What does it mean? <laughs> Glory to God. Imagine a husband and a wife at home, and the wife wants to travel. 
Then she says, ah, I'm traveling. I need someone to come and stay with you in the house, husband, to take care of, you know. You might forget to lock the door. You might forget to... <laughs> Would you be wondering what's wrong? Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Then she calls a fellow man. Maybe his friend. Say, um, I'm traveling, you know. Please come and stay with your friend. I don't want him to enjoy himself. I don't want him to, to, you know, to blow the house, you know. That means the person is irresponsible. Is that not it? He's irresponsible. Glory to God. I remember in my teenage years, you know, I wanted to, I, we were at that age where we really wanted to drive, you know. We really wanted to drive. And my dad would not allow, he, he, he would tell me, I'm the one that warms the, the car. I started doing that maybe at 12, 13. I warmed the car. In those days, uh, Pojo 504, you warm the car. Put water, check the oil. It was such a big deal. You understand that when you come out and you're doing it, and people are seeing you, you know, you know, you don't just check the oil nearby. You take the, the, the like this. <laughs> you understand that? You understand that? There's just this pride. You understand that? You're checking the oil. <laughs> you know, and then you put it back, and then uh, you close the boot, sit in the car, wait, and fire it, fire it. But you're not supposed to move it. So I've done that for years. It's time to move this car. <laughs> yes, I should graduate to move the car. But he won't let me move the car. He won't g- g- let me drive. So, something happened one time. We, he, he had a mechanic that used to fix the car. The mechanic had a younger brother. The guy is my age mate. But just that he's a mechanic. Then they would send that one to come and pick the car to repair. The guy would just come. Okay. My dad just threw the key for him. I said, this guy and me, we're the same height. We're the same age. Why will you give him the car and you won't give me the car? You understand that? That means that he felt the guy was more responsible. Are you understanding me? At that age. Now, what I'm saying, I'm applying this here. That you and somebody got born again at the same time does not mean that you'll be responsible the same way. Amen. Say, we joined church the same day. As he was collecting certificates, I was collecting my own certificates. It's not like that, too. It's not like that. There are some people that when church closes, they hang around and try to help, not because anybody gave them a responsibility. We observe those things. Then there are some as church has not even closed. They're already like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yes, sir. Just as not close, they already want me. Woo, woo, woo. When you just say, I am all the uh, future away from me, I'm coming in. Style. They're already at Ajib Junction. <laughs> they did style at Ajib Junction. Style. <laughs> now, when you keep doing that, it means that you are not willing to take any responsibility. Let me explain something to you. Everybody here cannot be pastor. But everybody here has a contribution that is unique to you. Are you listening to me? There's some contribution you can bring to the table that no other person can bring. Amen. Now, when you start being concerned about the fact that you have a gift that can be a blessing to the house, how can you do it? An opportunity will open itself. Amen. You know, you can always have excuses. Everybody can have an excuse. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a banker. I'm a banker. The owner of the bank you work for goes to church. He goes for Bible study. We're teasing about someone. He works for somebody. His ogre is closing, rushing, going to work, going to church, sitting in church, serving in church. He's in the office there. He says, he's busy, he's busy. He can't go to work. How much are they paying you? Amen. Are you listening to me? How much are they paying you? Whatever profession you practice, people have served God in that profession. Hear me again. People have served God in that profession. Whatever profession, name it. People have served God faithfully in that profession to prove that it can be done. Amen. You can give yourself an excuse. Say, well, well, I'm uh, actually I'm, uh, an, uh, I'm an investment uh, portfolio analyst. Yes. So every time our brain is working, <laughs> there's somebody that is doing something more serious. That does not miss. You know, when I read about John D. Rockefeller, how many of you have heard about John D. Rockefeller, one of the wealthiest men that ever lived? How that 
He was a Bible study teacher in his church. It was amazing to me. Amen. That all through those years, he was active. He never slacked. He was committed to it. So, with your small 400k in the accounts, Amen. You cannot serve God. Amen. You can't come for um, 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 cell meeting. Say, no, no, cell meeting, cell meeting. I, I, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Midweek service, no, 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 no. I don't have the time. My brother, make the time. My sister, make the time. Make the time. Something has to go. Amen. Are you listening to me? You will shut down something. Something has to go. Now, we're not saying that you have to be in church every day of the week. No. But you see, you have to learn that you have spiritual responsibilities. And that those spiritual responsibilities are opportunities for growth and blessings. Amen. They are. Sometimes I look at students, you know, and he's a student. He, do, he, 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 doesn't, he can't even read his Bible. He cannot pray. He doesn't go to church. He's not involved in anything. And then at the end of the day, you still graduate with a third class. Why? Amen. Are you, are you getting me? Why? Listen, if you, at whatever level you are, there are actions you take, and they mean a lot. I was asking a young man, I said, are you saying God should not promote you? He said, no, no, I want God. And I said, that's what you are saying. He said, you know, since I got this job, I've not been able to serve God. Oh, so he shouldn't give you a bigger job. Amen. Since this one is not allowing you to serve God. So, you don't want more? Let me tell you something. Anytime God promotes you, increase your service. You didn't hear me well. Increase your service. Increase your service. As a proof that you will... You, listen, let me tell you what prosperity is. True prosperity is that God has blessed you that you have enough time to serve Him and not to serve your business. Are you listening to me? That's true prosperity. That you have time to serve Him. Not when you're walking, you're walking, walking, walking. Your soul, your whole soul. Are you understanding me? No. You have time to serve Him. You can leave it and go and do what you're supposed to do. You know, permit me to use Islam for an example. You see Muslims... At whatever level, when it gets to that time, they all just go to one corner, knock their head five times. Are you understanding me? And they go, that devotion, are you listening to me? No matter what, at whatever level, they will enter that, they will come on that mat. But you claim to serve a living Christ. In your office, you can't even take 30 minutes break and pray in tongues and worship Him. You say you are too busy. You've not understood something. And I'm calling you today to a greater commitment in your work with God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Alright? Don't act like promotion is a hindrance to you in serving God. No. Promotion should be a great opportunity. Hallelujah. That means you can now do more. You can do more than you were doing before. It should never be less. It should never be less. So, you start doing more. You take responsibility. Attend your cell meetings. Attend the midweek services. Shut down certain things. Attend it. Glory to God. Am I communicating? And watch. Now, the proof that you trust God, you trust Him, is what makes you know that, that you closed your shop and came for midweek service does not mean your shop will clo- your business will not prosper. No. Yeah, have you know, there have been times where the, you say service is 6 to 9, but you say, no, no, I have to be in the shop. You stayed at 6 to 9, nobody came to the shop. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, we must grow and break out of selfishness and self-consciousness. Why are you just thinking about me, me, me? Even in your prayers, when you say, let us, let, let, even church, say, let us pray. Every one of us, let's pray that in this month of April, you have bombastic breakthrough. <laughs> you just start to break through, break through, break through, break through. Say now, let's pray for the body of Christ. You sit down. 
That means you've not understood. Amen. You've not understood. You've not understood. But I pray that your eyes open. I pray that your eyes open. I pray that your eyes open. That you may see. The church is a center for spiritual development. Fellowshipping with fellow believers is an opportunity for, for spiritual development. When you cut that out, you cut out a major, major way of developing. Nobody was supposed to grow in isolation. God didn't plan for us to grow in isolation. Are you listening to me? He didn't plan for us to grow in isolation. We grow with one another. And we grow as we serve each other. You can't grow without serving. Hallelujah. You can't cut that out. Because it's in serving that you, 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 you collide with people. Let me use that word. And then your true character will come out. There's some of you that have never had a disagreement with anybody in this church. You know why? Because you're on your own. But when we say, okay, three of you come, come and clear these chairs together. Then someone will say, um, let's take this one first. Say, no, let's take this one first. Why? Because I said, let's take this one first. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Then you say, okay, no problem. All right? You are learning how to interact with people. And that's how we can know whether the love of God is at work in you. Amen. If nobody offended you, how can we test the love? Amen. You know, you can say, I just love everybody. I just love it. Because nobody has offended you. Allow us offend you. Amen. And let's test the love in your heart. Glory to God. Now, it won't be proper if I end here, so I'll, I'll add this. Helping someone else grow is every believer's responsibility. Say it with me. Helping others grow is everyone's responsibility. Say, it is my responsibility to help someone else to grow. Now, let me explain some why, why I'm saying your growth is tied to helping others grow. Hallelujah. You get that? Your growth is connected to helping others grow. As you are helping... Some people say, when I grow up, I will help others. No, you will never grow up. As you are helping others, you will grow. So, you might be praying for someone. You might be going to win souls. You might be teaching someone what you already know. You might be serving in church. As long as you are helping others grow, you, you start growing also. That's the growth process is interconnected. You have to help others grow. So I'm asking, how are you helping someone grow? Are you pulling other people down? Are you helping them grow? Say, uh, me, me, I've even stopped praying. <laughs> You're telling somebody else. <laughs> me, I've stopped praying. No? I remember the last time I prayed in tongues, or last year. And I'm not going to pray in tongues again. And you are telling somebody. No. How are you helping someone grow? The actions you are taking, is it helping the brother or the sister close to you? Let's ask. The people that are closest to you in this church, are they growing? Amen. You know, there are some people that once they get close to somebody in church, that's when they stop growing. You just see, the guy just starts shrinking in the spirit. You know, someone can lose weight in the spirit. Have you not seen somebody say, ah, what happened to you? Are you sick? Say, I had malaria. That's in the spirit. You just see somebody. The same brother says, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When is evangelism? Next week. I'm coming. After a while. Brother, we didn't see you in church on Sunday. We didn't see you um, in same meeting. Uh, what has happened? Something has happened to him. We call it spiritual accident. <laughs> Amen. 
Are we together? So listen to me. Growth is your responsibility. And helping others grow is also your responsibility. So the people closest to you, are they growing? Help me ask two people. The people closest to you, are they growing spiritually? People closest to you, are they growing? The things you say and the things you do around them, is it helping them grow? Amen. You meet a brother, you, you maybe came to your office to just, uh, who passed him, or you came to, to an office and found out it was your office. Maybe you're a police officer. And someone came to the police station, found out, ah, yeah. He said, ah, me, I'm, I'm even the DCO in this office. Come into my office. You start down there. What were you discussing? He said, when we reach church, we'll go show that decay. <laughs> Is that what you are discussing? You didn't say, let's just pray in tongues for two minutes or three minutes. Pray in tongues. Let's just thank God for so. You didn't, you didn't do that. Let's share a scripture. No. So the people that hang around you, are they growing? And you ask yourself, those people that you keep following, are they helping you grow? You can be in church and be in the wrong clique. Are you hearing me? Wrong company. I don't know why some people just, they just tend to the wrong side. Brother, stand this way. Um, Rico, stand that way. Okay, sorry. Don't worry. Someone is already here. Stand this way. Now, let's suppose that this is the wrong side. There's some point, I don't know what happens to them. They just come into church. Then the pastor just preaching. Move on to the righteous side. <laughs> Move on to the righteous side. And they're looking at the side, but they're going like this. <laughs> Before you know, this is where they are. And this place will never help them. Are you listening to me? If you are here, you are delivered in the name of Jesus. You are delivered. You come to church. Listen, today, I'm asking you, if that friend, since you came to this church, has not helped you grow, today, just say, I, I want to break up with you. <laughs> I break up. Amen. Break up. Today, break up. Don't, don't tomorrow. Today, break up. That's break up. Are you understanding me? And move to the right side. Amen. And join new friends. Are you understanding me? There are some people I introduce people to in church. Alright? I'll say, ah, some new people come to church. I say, um, meet this person. He will help you. That's the point. I've never introduced anybody to them. Even I say, hey, come. What are you doing with that brother? He say, no, he said I should go. Don't say, don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Are you understanding me? Run. Yes, don't go anywhere. Amen. So you have to decide which one you are. Amen. Are you the one that they will introduce to people? Amen. Say, I'm free. I'm free. Glory to God. Thank you. I want you to grow. Amen. And I'm telling you that if you are in the wrong camp, on the wrong company, even if they are believers, there's some people that just sit down and talk about churches and men of God, you know, analyze this one. They will table Pastor Adeboye, they will table Pastor TB, they will table Bishop Oyedepo, they will table, you know, and they have facts. So, ah, I've measured Pastor TB now. Five feet one. <laughs> They say, ah, I know it's right now. They, say, ah. they will tell you, <laughs> you know, and they will, you will say, eh? They say, ah, ah, hmm. Is it today? <laughs> and you are listening. You are listening. It's, the person didn't give you a message to go and listen to. He's preaching his own message. When you finish, you come to church now, I'm preaching. You say, it's true, the man shot to. <laughs> That's the revelation you are getting. Amen. Are you listening to me? Such friends should not be your friends. Thank you. They should never be your friends. Amen. Are we together? Anybody that... Anytime you meet a person, he's always complaining. You see what they're doing in the body of Christ? This is what I'm talking about. The body of Christ is already messed up. Let him not be your friend. The body of Christ is not messed up. Jesus is building his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The body of Christ is fine. And it's getting stronger. And getting better. Amen. So don't join anybody and be talking all those kind of things. Are you listening to me? Say yes. All these pastors, they're all rogues. They're all rogues. Look at them very well. And then after hearing that, when you come to church, even as I'm talking, you're not looking. (laughs) 
Is, is he one of them? <laughs> Don't join that company. Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communication. It corrupts good manners. You cannot sit there and your mind will not be polluted. So today, you will make new friends. Are we together? You will make new friends. There are some that always complain about who. You know, some, even in church here, some of them say, you know, in this church, you don't help anybody. They've not helped me since I've come to this church. Nobody has helped me. No one has helped me at all. Only somebody gave me 5,000 the other day. They only gave me 5,000 the other day. Uh, total, they give me like 80 sisters, but nobody has helped me. <laughs> they put like that. And then you are listening to them. Mm, 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 mm. You know, you see that one? It's not like big man. It will not help you. You see that one? <laughs> and you are listening. Those people should never be. As you finish, you just dust your feet. Amen. <laughs> when they call you again, say, <laughs> Amen. They should never be your friends. Are you listening to me? That's the path for spiritual growth and health. For you to grow, you have to be healthy. Are you understanding me? If you are sick, spiritually, so to speak, you cannot grow. And those things will infect you. Hallelujah. Alright? Look at your neighbor. Are you healthy? Are you healthy for us to relate? Or are you contagious? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Very important. Very important. So, the assignment I'll give you today... Is a breakup assignment. Amen. Alright? You just break up. Amen. And face forward. And be healthy. And grow. And position yourself for spiritual maturity. Bow your heads everywhere and thank you. Just pray for a minute or two. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith faith online.org.